welcome to the Chichester Festival Theatre Podcast. We'll be talking to a whole host of guests from our staff here at the theatre to our cast and creative teams from our productions. I'm George Bailey and I'll be your host for this series, taking you through everything Chichester and theatre related. So sit back, relax and enjoy what we've got in store for you. So, joining me now is Tori Kittles, who's playing Paul Robeson in one of Festival 2019's new plays, Eight Hotels, by Nicholas Wright. And I'm also joined by Eva Sampson, who's the assistant director on the piece, and is also CFT's resident assistant director. So, hello to you both. Hello. Oh, How are you both doing today? Doing great, really thank well. you. Thanks thank for having us. No, no, thank you for coming on. Um, <laughs> we're already we didn't even plan that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good start, good start. Um, and as well, it's a day of like new things, because I think, Tori, you were our first international, like, from the States guest on the podcast. Really? Yeah, and Eva, you're our first residence as a director. Wow, wow. that's so, unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank we you. should have got a new host, to be fair. For this oh, episode. no, yeah. you're, you're quite, but, you know, you're quite lovely. I'm so part fine. of the furniture now, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, jumping straight in, so Eight Hotel is very exciting. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm very excited to see it next week. Um, can you just talk us through a bit about the story and like the history behind the play, um, and also, as well as your characters as well? Uh, well, you know, the play is about uh, Uta Hagen, Paul Robeson, Jose Ferrer, Peggy Webster. Uh, they put on the longest uh, Broadway-running Shakespeare play ever, Othello, back in the early 1940s. And after that Broadway run, which was 296 shows, they took it on tour around the country. Um, and so the, this play, our play, Eight Hotels, written by Nicholas Wright, directed by the incomparable mm-hmm. Sir Richard Eyre, um, it's about what happened while they were on tour. Um, and I think the play really is a love story between uh, especially the three of them, Paul, Uda, and, uh, and, and Jose, uh, because their relationships, uh, they changed a lot, <laughs> to say the least, while they were on tour. Obviously, it's a, it's a new play, which um, is so exciting for everyone at Chichester, but also to be a part of. Um, what it feels like is it feels almost modern um, the characters are really authentic and um, brought to life with absolute truth um, but it it's got that lovely quality of the 1940s so it's the for me it's the best combination of, of the two yeah, worlds and, and it also expands a, a period of time from 1944 into 1956 so there's a lot that happened uh, to all of them all four of them uh, in that time you know particularly it was uh, pretty contentious time in America with House of American Activities and artists being accused of, of uh, communism and, and being blacklisted for certain things. And Paul Robeson was obviously one of those uh, people um, because of his uh, political beliefs, uh, although he was never a commun- communist. Uh, you know, he was, he was uh, accused of that. Um, and, and so because of association, Uta Hagen was a- as well. Uh, and Jose Farrell was actually one of the people who testified uh, uh, for the House of American Activities, and you'll see how that plays out in the play. Don't want to get that away. Um, but, you know, it, it was a really interesting time. It was pre-civil rights. Uh, you know, I, I would dare say that without Paul Robeson, people like him, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, mm-hmm. there, there may not have been civil rights. You know, he was a pioneer on the ground, on the forefront, before uh, Martin Luther King, before you know, uh, that whole movement, Rosa Parks. Um, and so this play, you know, it, it sort of precedes that 
It's mm. a very special time yes. because so much was changing mm. in the country. Mm. Um, just our way of life was changing, how we dealt with people. And, and Paul was uh, obviously, you know, from America, but he spent a lot of time in the UK. And it was in the UK where he uh, began to galvanize his uh, political beliefs um, and where he really became fortified in, in his political thinking and, and what he wanted to give uh, to the world. You know, on his gravestone, he says uh, an artist uh, has to choose to fight for freedom or slavery. I've made my choice. I didn't have any other option. And I'm paraphrasing a bit, but that was <laughs> who he was. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it, it's so interesting his life as you start as I started to like uncover and unpack. You know, who he was and the relationships he had. He was friends with Einstein. Did you know this? Oh, he was I friends with Einstein. He was also friends with uh, George. Bernard Shaw, who mm. George Bernard Shaw has this wonderful quote that I love. Um, it says, and it pretty it sums up Paul in a, in a great way. It, the quote goes, "It's not about likes or dislikes. It's about doing what has to be done. It may not be happiness, but it is greatness." Mm-hmm. And you we know, definitely see that. In we the see play. that in the yeah. play. We see that in the play. Yeah. We see that in Robeson's life. You know, mm-hmm. like that he was a great man, uh, and I, and I, he said he had some happy times for sure. But uh, he sacrificed a lot of his uh, personal life, his career, um, for other people. I think that's what Nick does so well in the play, that we see all these characters and we see how they, what their downfall is or, or how they rise up and, and how really they connect with each other. It's, it is fundamentally a love story. Mm. Um, and it's lovely to have such an intimate for, for Hander. It's, we, we've had a lot of fun in the rehearsal room. Yeah. Lots of conversations. So the writing is just incredible. It's incredible. And what's, you know, been really fun to dig into with Richard and Emma and Ben, uh, Emma Pates, who's playing Ruta Hagen, uh, Ben Kira, who's playing Jose Ferrer, Pandora Collins, who's playing Margaret Peggy Webster, um, is is unpacking all of these flaws that these these legendary characters that we know them in this particular way based on you know history we've read um but nick dove deeper into that you know and a lot of it he took from uda Hagen's personal journal uh, journals yeah, and the transcripts, and, the transcripts. Yeah. and and so you get to see these multi-dimensional people who are dealing with each other on such a heightened level um it's it's, it's been a lot of fun mm. yeah. and everybody at chichester has been wonderful even <laughs> I'll pay you later, thanks. <laughs> um, and so, sort of building off that as well, so, like, what is it like creating real life characters who could actually exist? And equally, but what is it like sort of creating that realistic world in the rehearsal room? Yeah. Uh, you know, this is the second time uh, within the past year that I've been asked to do it. I did a, a picture called Harriet with the lovely Cynthia Rivo that's coming out later this year, and, uh, and I, I play Frederick Douglass. Um, and interestingly enough, as I got into Robeson, um, Frederick Douglass was one of the people mm-hmm. who he uh, studied. So it was sort of a wow. precursor. I'd already done some research and it sort of just carried over into nice. it. There's obviously a tremendous amount of uh, respect and love that I think you have to enter into the character uh, with. Um, and 
he left so many uh, breadcrumbs. You know, he wrote his own biography. His son wrote a wonderful biography. Uh, another uh, writer, Lindsay Swindle, wrote uh, uh, Ropes in the Politics of Othello and another biography. And so there were all these things about him. And, you know, what was interesting for me was that growing up in America, a lot of his history I didn't know. He had been erased from American culture. Um, and so being at this particular point in my life and, and having the uh, just the opportunity to get back in there and find out about him and, and his origins and growing up in Princeton, New Jersey and being the first uh, all-American football player, mm -hmm. black all-American football player, and then going to Columbia Law School. Uh, you know, he, he was such it's a accomplished yeah. man. He spoke 12 different languages. He spoke 12, and he sang in 12 different languages. And so when they took his passport, and the play gets into this because of his blackness, and they took his passport, and he couldn't travel for eight years. And they basically they broke him down and took away, uh, you know, his livelihood. He was a guy who yeah, went he from traps. He was trapped. He couldn't, yeah. he couldn't use all of these gifts that he nurtured, you know, to give to the world because he really was about giving to people. He spent a lot of time um, uh, with Welsh miners. You know, he sent truckloads of food down there. You know, with their, with their labor strikes, and he went down in person. You know, he's just such a generous guy, principal guy. But he had his we flaws. Need more of those. We need more yeah. people mm -hmm. like yeah, that. For sure. For sure. But I think in the room, it's it's also just about um, them being real people. I mean, this amazing cast bring them to life with absolute authenticity. Um, and it's a joy, it's an absolute joy to watch them play and, and deepen all the time, every... Mm. I pay her the same. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> um, but no, but I mean, Richard would say the same. Um, it's, it's an absolute treat to be amongst such intelligent performers who make, seem to always make the right choices and to be in the, the right, geographically on stage. And, and, and actually we talk about these huge characters and these real life people, but really it's just about seeing the human um, and I can almost forget that they are who that these stars and actually they just feel like the ordinary person that we all have the same worries and we all have the fears and um, we all want to be loved and to love and and really I think we can connect to that as an, as an, an audience regardless of who they are um, but all that great stuff is there as well. Yeah. So it's, it's the best of both. Great. <laughs> oh, I'm getting so gassed about it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and so um, in terms of like it being a new play and stuff, did Nicholas bring you a, a finished draft by the time you hit rehearsals or were there kind of like tweaks and things going on throughout the rehearsals? Yeah, I mean, he started writing it a year ago mm. um, and he's, he's said that it, he, it came relatively quickly once he decided to go for it. Um, mm. I mean, Nick right I mean it's just unreal but but actually he came with quite a contained script and we've only really over the over what have we had five weeks four weeks um, we, we are changing we're still changing even yesterday um, Nick offered a new line to Pandora but only because of we're really trying to get that clarity now um, and the more we, we watch runs and and we see that we think okay if an audience it's quite an episodic play, so we just need to really be sure that 
we can connect all those dots and what Nick's so brilliant about he's not so precious if if the room is making suggestions or if Richard wants to play with something he, he's he's like let's play let's do it so he will make small changes but really we added one speech the whole speech because um of the question mark on an interval or not having an interval but really the play was was there um Richard did some developing with him but yeah it's it's quite a special thing to have a new play ready for day one yeah yeah that sounds great and as well like so it sounds quite like a collaborative process at at moments within within the sort of rehearsals I know you spoke about um, it being like a four character play and quite intimate. I know you've both worked in like bigger casts and with sort of across different mediums as well. How has that been working in a sort of four cast? It's been horrible. Really <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> uh, no, for me, it's it's been magical. Um, you know, I don't. I, I just it feels like such a gift to me, first of all, to work with uh, Richard Eyre and his insight into character and the way he approaches it and the environment that he creates, uh, as you say, it is very collaborative. And we do, we have such a wonderful cast, you know, I'm really, I feel really, really, I'm thankful to be able to work with, with all of them. And to have Nick in the room, you know, and make little minor adjustments here or there. But like you said, this play, when I first read it, it blew me away because I didn't know uh, all of the things about Paul Robeson and Uta Hagen and Jose Ferrer. I didn't know all of this stuff and I thought wow this is incredible this is incredible I should know this you know as an artist like you know as just a, a human being yeah, you should know about these exactly. people who were pioneers who took uh, art and used it uh, to uh, to connect the world really you know yeah. what I mean I think that's what they their intention was when they took the play mm-hmm. uh, Othello out on the road was to show uh, these relationships and show different sides of life and so I think um, uh, Nick captured this so beautifully and, and this whole experience has, has been as Peggy Webster says in the play it's been blessed yeah it's true mm. uh, Richard creates a really lovely room um, and it, he's very generous um, and open and, and that's not always the case and I think um, it's good we all na- actually get on so that's lucky <laughs> um, but you know what with the um, stage management team and everything it's a really exciting room to be in and um and all the creatives are doing such fantastic work i mean we had costumes yesterday already so um everyone's looking beautiful um so yeah it's a it's a even though it's intimate it's there's lots of people working on it and um and it will feel so beautiful in another space um i I think it's it's rare to get a group of people who are fantastic listeners and collaborators um it's not always the case but um yeah i feel feel lucky sure um and obviously tori as well this is your debut at chichester two questions have you enjoyed chichester so far i have don't say no no i really no i don't have to make it up this has been wonderful (laughs) everybody has been so wonderful since i've been here and so helpful and the town is 
found a couple of little shops. You know, I'm mispronouncing a few of the grocery stores. <laughs> we won't talk people. about one of them. We won't talk about one of them. <laughs> but, you know, but no, I, I just find this really beautiful. This time of year, uh, specifically, it's just so wonderful to be here. And this, uh, I got a chance, we got a chance to see Oklahoma the other day in the big space here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hats off to that cast and what they're doing and all the work that they put into that. Um, this, you know, yeah, it, it just feels like such a, a, a wonderful, creative environment to be in it in a way it feels spiritual mm. you know in a way it feels very spiritual and I feel very lucky to be here mm. and the second half of the question are you excited about the prospect of performing in Minerva because obviously that's quite an intimate space as well I am and we're going to get more intimate than you could imagine <laughs> 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 we'll wait and see wait. everyone will have to wait and see no spoilers there, it's great. Um, and then, as well, Eva, yeah. how has this experience differed from your experience on This Is My Family earlier in the season? Well, uh, This Is My Family opened the season and it was so exciting and it was a new musical um, and a joy, an absolute joy. But, I mean, in that regard, they've been very similar because they've both been so creatively... Um, I, I feel like I'm bubbling all the time. I feel like I'm feel like a sponge. I've got so much I can learn and take on. But um, in regard to the truth and, and something new and something that I can't wait to share, the audience is not that different. Um, but I can see the difference in, we're now kind of halfway through the season. And so the difference with opening a season and feeling like, okay, we're on this exciting there's something in the Minerva already deep blue seas going on and then they, they should get out we go in and it's it's um it's that brilliant energy that Chichester Festival Theatre has that it's just non-stop mm. brilliant work um but in regard to uh attacking the work in that in that space actually it's it's no different um in in I'm equally excited about both, obviously. Mm. I miss this my family crew, but um, I, I'm, I'm with a new family, <laughs> which is exciting too. <laughs> nice. For our younger listeners of the podcast as well, yeah. um, how did you both get into theatre and what has your journey been like up to this point? You want to start? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I uh, want to hear this. Mm? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's always weird to getting into directing. Less now, I think there's way more opportunities that... Um, to know how to get into it. I don't think I ever set out thinking I was gonna be a director. Um, I always knew I was um, um, wanted to make theater in some way. Um, so uh, at school and stuff, I think I always thought, oh, I'm, I'm an actor. That's, that's how you get into theater, isn't it? You just, you do your acting. Um, but I actually went to Birmingham Uni and studied there and, and trained. And then um, I had my own theater company, how it ended. So I make my own work a lot. And then I realized that I, much prefer being off the stage and and gi giving other people who are amazing at it those opportunities. Um, I love to tell stories, um, and then I was lucky enough to get onto the um, National Theatre's Directors Course, and from then I've just um, I don't know I've made my own work, and now I've started being an associate or an assistant at places, and um, I'd say as long as you've got stamina and um, you're in it for the right reasons and you're okay to, uh, to to basically attack it from an artist as opposed to from a fame point of view 
then I just glad I just want to keep on working in whatever form that is and telling stories. Um, I have a really eclectic taste in work, so um, that can be downfall sometimes. Some people think they have to focus on one thing, but I just say it doesn't matter about any of that stuff. Go go and do what you want to do. But I wouldn't say I had a particularly um, uh, clear direction. I don't think there's any clear way up this so-called ladder I think you've just got to be a good person a nice person and work really hard and um, and hopefully have something to say about the world we're in at the moment um, and, and it will happen work will, will come and um, I always say just it's about grit and and sticking at it and, and not um, not expecting things to come to you if you're self-employed go do do your thing um, but Tori might say something completely different. <laughs> no, no. So, you know, it's, 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 it's these paths that we take, you know, there are always um, similarities. You know, I was, I'm a kid. I was a kid from a small town in Florida, population of 700 people. And I fell in love with the pictures, you know. I fell in love with movies. And it's it sort of, I weirdly found the theater through that, which is sort of a revor- reverse course, mm-hmm. you know. I... I got a, a, a film uh, that moved me out to Los Angeles, directed by uh, Joe Schumacher. And it was my first film called Tigerland. And, and, and I found my way to New York from Los Angeles, which mm-hmm. normally never happens. You know, most people, you know, in America, you go to New York and you start out in the theater and then you segue into pictures. But I didn't. It was backwards for me. Um, but, you know, I just think there's something so alive and, and so unique about a play and the things that you can discover and you know we have this saying I don't know if you guys say it here but the play is the thing and and that to me is the work that allows you to go into all of these other things creatively I have never had an experience where I wasn't made better uh, even if the play wasn't (laughs) successful Mm -hmm. you know that you learn you learn so much about yourself about people about other actors and when you have an experience like this um you know, it's, it's just, I feel very fortunate to be doing this and doing this particular play at this particular moment, you know, because the world is in a very interesting time, you know, um, you know, things yeah, that are going on. Exactly, and, and I think that in being in the arts, it makes you, I mean, even from my tax return, I never thought I'd do a tax, like into <laughs> maths and all that stuff, but actually when it's about theatre or it's about my development or my Future, I'm like I can do this, mm. and I think people don't realise what, how, you know, the research and the history we do, and 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 how we delve into this work and how hard it is actually. And it, it changes you, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, Robeson, uh, he also he has he was great at quoting like people. <laughs> he had a, another uh, famous uh, uh, Frederick Douglass quote where he says, uh, a, "A man is worked on by what he works on." Yes. And it's so true, yeah. you know, and I think this play, this Nicholas, wonderful Nicholas Wright play, Eight Hotels, is changing us all, you know, mm-hmm. I think we all feel that this is a gift and it's a special time to be premiering it in this, this uh, in the Minerva. You can't you know? wait to share it with everyone. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm yeah. really excited about it. And we can't wait to see it. <laughs> and um, on that as well, so if you had to sum up in a sentence, this oh, is the final cool. one, so <laughs> What can audiences expect from eight hotels, and why should they come and see it if they can get a ticket? Am I taking this? We'll both take it. 
Yeah, and split it up between them. What should they expect? I th- well, first of all, truth. Um, uh, connecting with a group of four incredible performances, um, telling the most beautiful story um, in about an hour and 45 minutes, <laughs> um, and being very close to some, of, I think, the most exceptional, detailed um, new writing work. Yeah, I think this is the rare play that can uh, transcend time and uh, love, and it, it, and I think all of that will be felt in the theater. Um, you know, under Richard Ayer's wonderful direction, and you know, um, that's the reason to come see it alone. Even if I wasn't in it, I should see the play. Yeah. Um, I just think it's a wonderful work, and I think uh, we have a lot of artists putting in a lot of uh, a lot of time to make sure that the audience will be fulfilled, they'll be educated, entertained, and enlightened. Fantastic, great. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. It's been so lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Eight Hotels runs in the Minerva Theatre until the 24th of August, so do try and have a ticket if you can. If you can. Yes. I think it might be. selling really well, which is lovely. Um, But there's some post-show talks and and pre-show talks as well with Richard and the cast, so Mm. they'll be well worth catching as well. Yeah, so do come and catch those if you can, and I hope the run goes fantastic. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you. Hope to see you there. This has been the Chichester Festival Theatre Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. Please do like, rate, share and subscribe on all relevant social media and we hope to see you at the theatre soon. As always, thank you for listening and we hope you look forward to the next episode.